просто за шум Учинився, що комари та на гусі оженився Що комари та на гусі оженився Взяв собі жінку невеличку Що не вмієш, ти прясти чоловічку Що не вмієш, ти прясти чоловічку group from Calgary called Jeto, and that translates as Life, and that is from their first and so far only CD, and the song is a traditional Ukrainian folk song, and it is all about the a mismatched wedding between a mosquito and a fly, a komarik. Pre mikrofoni Pavlina Makori djakuju što rišala perebuti zimnoju nastupnu hodenu, me majmo duže zikavi novene na srednjišnji programu i čudovu ukrajinsku muziku. Hello there and welcome to Nash Holos Ukrainian Roots Radio here on AM 1320 CHMB Vancouver and in international syndication on PCJ Radio International. I'm your host, Paula Demchuk-Makori, Pokrinske Pavlina, and I'm delighted to have you with me. We've got another great program lined up for you. On Ukrainian Jewish heritage, we've got a book review of a book by Father Patrick Debois. It is a follow-up to his book called The Holocaust by Bullets. This one is called In Broad Daylight, and uh, it is kind of the story behind the original book. So stay tuned for that. As well, we've got an interview with Troy Ruptash. Now, he is a Hollywood actor and film producer who is actually a Ukrainian boy from Vegreville. And he'll be telling us about an exciting project he's working on. It's a film set in Vegreville about a Ukrainian farmer who emigrated there after fighting for UPA, the Ukrainian insurgent army that fought both the Nazis and Soviets in World War II. So stay tuned for all of 
of that. We've also got our usual proverb of the week, other items of interest, and great Ukrainian music. And coming up next, staying on the topic of actors, and this is also a singer by the name of Antin Mukharski. He is a great Ukrainian patriot, and here he is channeling a bit of Alan Jackson, Chopilka. Супой широкий, розляглось під вербами село Чопілки. Там іграють блюзів хлопці одинокі, і серце моє крають вишня оки дівки. Ввечері у п'ятницю прийду з роботи, скину я спитівку та керзові боти. Чуб на бреоліні, діну джинси левіс, буду рвати струни, наче справжній єліс. А хтось у Київ пнеться, та й покращу долю, а мені милише ці квітом криті палки. Співає моє серце, наче птиця на волі, серце я залишив у селі чобілки. Як ракета по хайвею летить моя волга, до чобілків лишилось недовго. Знаю суміш вибухова, наче той долуол, пиво, кохання та рок-н-ролла. Вечері у п'ятницю прийду з роботи, скину я спецівку та керзові боти. Чуб на бреоліню, діну, джинці левіс, буду рвати струни, наче справжній яліс. А хтось у Київ пнеться, та й покращу долю, а мені милише ці квітом криті балки. І співає моє серце, наче піця на волі, серце я залишив у селі чаделки. Та й покращу долю, а мені милише ці квітом криті балки І співає моє серце, наче птиця на волі Серце я залишив у селі Чопілки Своє серце я залишив у селі Чопілки Thanks to the foresight and generosity of its donors, the Taras Shevchenko Foundation has been investing in the future of the Ukrainian-Canadian community for over 50 years. Since 1963, the Taras Shevchenko Foundation has been funding initiatives that strengthen our Ukrainian-Canadian identity and enhance our Ukrainian-Canadian cultural heritage. These include fine and performing arts and arts groups, museums, cultural centers, education, as well as authors, journalists, and the Ukrainian-Canadian media, including this program. The Foundation strives to become the premier not-for-profit foundation in a Canada which acknowledges the Ukrainian-Canadian community as a fundamental component of Canadian society. Nash Hollis listeners are encouraged to support this vision through continued donations into the future. To apply for grants, make a donation, or for more information, visit ShochenkoFoundation.com. Who stole the Kishka? Who stole the Kishka? 
butcher shop. Now Willie found the key. Willie found the key. Willie found the key. He hung it on the rack. He found the key. He found the key. He found the key. Willie brought it back. Winnipeg, Manitoba, that was Sluhai, and that name actually is the Ukrainian word for listen. And that is from mm, their first CD and a recognizable tune for just about everyone, Ukrainian or not. Who stole the kishka? Blood sausage. Yum, yum. <laughs> Coming up next, we've got Dunai from Toronto, Ontario, originally from Ajax, Ontario. And this is from their most recent album. Uh, another recognizable tune, I think, to a lot of people, a Canadian composition by Ron Kahoot. And this is the story of the Kozakia. Fly, Kozak, fly. We are brothers
Cossacks. and crazy Bratea Dukinev from Ukraine, the Vipers Brothers, from their CD, Sochotko, and that was recorded back in 1989. We've been having a lot of fun giving that song a lot of airtime on this program. Hey Zabava, SSSR, a dig at life in the Soviet Union, which was still around when that album was recorded. And bringing it back to this continent, here is a klezmer group from New York City called Golem, and a tune that they recorded a few years back in Echo Park, Los Angeles, Train Across Ukraine. Hit the glass through fields of grain and snow and rain. 
the year in the train across Ukraine. Girls in black, men in white, children yell, women fight, golden dreams, dimming light, then I take the train all night. For a look at Ukraine's rich Jewish heritage, then and now, brought to you by the Ukrainian Jewish Encounter, based in Toronto, Ontario. In this edition of Ukrainian Jewish Heritage, we will be discussing in broad daylight the secret procedures behind the Holocaust by bullets by Father Patrick Dubois. In 2008, Father Patrick Dubois published the Holocaust by Bullets, a priest's journey to uncover the truth behind the murder of 1.5 million Jews. It described how Nazi mobile killing units called the Einsatzgruppen murdered more than a million people in Eastern Europe during World War II. His new book, In Broad Daylight, continues this gruesome narrative based on over 4,000 interviews as well as recently released Soviet archival materials. This new book explains how Jews were killed in broad daylight, with the cooperation of their non-Jewish neighbors. The way in which these crimes unfolded, from the pre-dawn hours well into the night, remains little known to the general public. The goal of this book is to remedy that. As a young priest, Dubois discovered that his grandfather witnessed mass murders of Jews at the Rawa Ruska camp on the Poland-Ukraine border as a French prisoner during World War II. As a result, Dubois started searching for the mass graves of those killed by Nazi mobile killing units called the Einsatzgruppen. With a dedicated team of volunteers, Dubois traveled through Ukraine, Belarus, and Russia, interviewing aging witnesses who described the horrific massacre of the Jews. He described his initial research in the Holocaust by bullets. In his second volume, In Broad Daylight, he explains how the crime took place, the process by which it became concretely possible. This heartbreaking but intensely compelling book describes the people and the process used in the Holocaust by bullets, including the architect, the requisitioned, the diggers, the rapes, the transporters, the layers of planks, the cooks, the shooters, the curious children, the fillers, and the sanitizers. Dubois writes with both clarity and purpose, drawing even reluctant readers into a narrative about man's inhumanity to man. Perhaps the most shocking aspect of his description of the method is that German soldiers only did the actual shooting of the Jews. All the other work, creating the ghetto, transporting the condemned people, digging the graves, laying the planks, filling the pits, cooking for the shooters, 
and selling the clothing and possessions of those killed was done by requisitioned villagers. The stories told by the now elderly people who were complicit in the murders are both shocking and unbelievable. Some speak dispassionately about their participation in these atrocities. A witness called Andre spoke of his neighbors the way we speak of animals. In sharp contrast, a witness named Gregory described how he tried to shelter some Jews in his home. Dubois concludes that these very different stories show the reality of the Holocaust by bullets. Between the stories of Andre and Gregory, there was an abyss, the abyss of human responsibility. In Broad Daylight is a very difficult book to read, but at the same time, it is an important addition to the history of the Holocaust. Dubois writes with brutal realism, yet he manages to capture the imagination of readers while describing unbelievable atrocities committed in the name of the Nazis. The Germans chose a family, raped, stole, and then killed. In sharp contrast, there are many stories of friendship between villagers and Jews. Alexandra loves Yama as a young girl loves a young man. The Nazis' intended fracturing of the human race could not touch their love. The details of the method of killing the Jews are horrendous. The music playing during the shooting, the wounded victims being buried alive in the pits, and the cooks preparing feasts for the Eisatzgruppen after the massacres. It took many pairs of hands, voluntary, requisitioned, or forced, to ensure that the Jews were publicly murdered. Father Dubois has written a heartbreaking but very insightful addition to the history of the Holocaust, which he began in his book, The Holocaust by Bullets. Readers could order both of these books and read them in order. However, it may be difficult to read them together because of the emotions which will inevitably arise. In Broad Daylight is a stark reminder that we need to learn from history so that these events will never be repeated. Father Dubois is a Catholic priest and professor at Georgetown University's Center for Jewish Civilization. He is president of Yahad in Unum, a global humanitarian organization dedicated to identifying and commemorating the sites of Jewish and Roma mass executions in Eastern Europe during World War II. The Holocaust by Bullets won the 2008 National Jewish Book Award. He has also been recognized with the Humanitarian Award from the U.S. Holocaust Museum and the 2017 Lantos Human Rights Prize. In 2018, he published The Terrorist Factory, ISIS, the Yazidi Genocide, and Exporting Terror. He currently lives in Washington, D.C. and Paris, France. In Broad Daylight and the Holocaust by Bullets are available at Chapters Indigo and Amazon. This has been Ukrainian Jewish Heritage on Nash Hollis Ukrainian Roots Radio. I'm Myra Jenik in Toronto. Until next time, Shalom. Ukrainian Jewish Heritage is brought to you by the Ukrainian Jewish Encounter, based in Toronto, Ontario. To find out more about their work, visit their website and follow them on Facebook and Twitter. Transcripts and audio files of this and earlier broadcasts of Ukrainian Jewish Heritage are available at their website, ukrainianjewishencounter.org, as well as at the Nasholos website, www.nasholos.com. This is CHMB, AM 1320, Vancouver. And the Cubasonics up next with a tune from their first album, Miaso, and a Ukrainian answer to Charlie Daniels. Vagerville, he was looking for a soul to steal. He was in a bind because he was way behind and he was willing to make a deal. When he came upon this young man with Simbala, he was playing it hot. And the devil jumped up on a hickory stump. He said, Boy, let me tell you what. 
Yes, you didn't know it, but I'm a symbolic player too. And if you care to take this dare, I'm willing to bet with you. Now you play pretty good symbolic, boy, but you give the devil his due. I bet symbolic gold against your soul, cause I think I'm better than you. The boy said, My name's Slauko, and it might be a sin, but I'll take that bet you're gonna regret I'm the best that's ever been. Slauko, take those sticks and play that old symbolic hard. Cause hell broke loose and bag of villain, the devil deals the cards. And if you win, you get this shiny symbolic made of gold. But if you lose, the devil gets your soul. The devil stepped on forward and he said I'll start this race And fire flew from his fingertips as he opened up his case As he touched the sticks across the strings it made an evil hiss And a band of demons joined right in it sounded something like this Slauka said, that's pretty good, old son. But you sit back in that chair right there and let me show you how it's done. He played fire in the mountain, run, boys, run. Devils in the house of the rising sun. Chicken in a red band, taking out dough. Hot tomato, hot dog, no child, no. bowed his head because he knew that he'd been beat and he laid the golden symbole on the ground at Slauka's feet. Slauka said, Hey, Del, come on back if you ever want to try it again. I told you once, Tejolero, I'm the best that's ever been. He played. Fire in the mountain, run, boys, run. Devil's in the house of the rising sun. Chicken in the red tent, picking out dough. Pots of water, hot dog, no child, no. Alberta-born actor is set to film a movie about Ukrainian culture and identity in Vegreville, Alberta, this summer. The film is They Who Surround Us, and it's written and will be directed by Troy Ruptash. He's based in Los Angeles and has been working in the film and television industry for nearly 30 years, but is originally from Vegreville, Alberta. His production team also includes Vegreville natives. Filming is set to begin in August. Casting is currently being finalized and locals may get a chance to be a background performer in this film. Troy kindly agreed to speak with us by phone from Vegreville to give us some details about this exciting project. So thank you, Troy, for for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. So tell us a little bit about yourself and your production team. You're a Vegreville boy, made good in Hollywood, and you're not the only one. So tell us <laughs> tell us about your journey from Vegreville to L.A. Sure. So, uh, yeah, I was born and raised in Vegreville and, uh, you know, quickly sort of moved around the country a bit in because I was uh, originally a competitive skater. So, yeah, but then I went to theater school in Toronto at Ryerson, and that took me to New York and spent about 15 years in New York. And then from there, I did a film that took me to Los Angeles. But I'm finding that what's giving me true meaning and purpose is coming back to Vegreville to tell the story about my ancestors. And uh, 
yeah, through this project, I connected with some incredible people who also are very connected to Beggarville. Uh, my executive producers, Sandy and Grant Wild, who are now in Calgary, but Grant is originally from Beggarville, so strong ties there. And Roseanne Milliken, who used to be Roseanne Yakunchuk, <laughs> who's been producing films for over 27 years and originally from Beggarville. So it's really exciting. That's cool. So you found these people in L.A.? Well, uh, they found me and we found each other through the Hometown Heroes Project, which is how this all got going last summer. I entered it into a competition sponsored by the Duplass Brothers. They're producers in Hollywood. Mm. And I was a finalist in that competition. And through that competition, people heard about the project and gained momentum and yeah, it was really wonderful. That's what got it all going. Though. So what is this project then? Um, you said it was a competition, so it's pretty popular? Yeah, the Duplass brothers, it's wonderful what they're doing because they started the competition. Uh, when I entered it, it was just its second year. Uh, but what they wanted to do is encourage filmmakers to come back to their hometown to write and shoot films And they especially wanted to encourage filmmakers to write narratives that covered and uh, represented, underrepresented cultures and communities. Mm. So when I heard about that, I thought it was a perfect fit because, you know, I feel like the Ukrainian narrative, there's definitely been a lot of documentaries uh, Mm. that deal with the Ukrainian narrative. But Mm. in terms of feature films, I feel like we're really underrepresented. So Mm -hmm. I wanted to change that. Was there anything that uh, kind of made you, uh, that what was the catalyst to A, to enter this competition yeah. and B, to choose this particular topic, your your roots? Well, a very dear friend of mine in Los Angeles, uh, Jackie Katzman, knew that I had this desire to write a movie and I wanted to do it in my home, hometown. And so she told me about the Hometown Heroes Project. So that's how that came about. And so I'm forever grateful to her for that. And then what started the creative process was a a photograph, two photographs, one of my great uncle, Stefan Boisan, and then one of the Ruptash side of the family in front of their first homestead near Harry Hill, Alberta in the early 1900s. And I became fascinated. I mean, I always knew a bit about my family history and my ancestry and Ukrainian heritage. Mm -hmm. But I suddenly, there was something about, especially the picture of Stefan Boisan, that I was so drawn to. And I thought, you know, here is a member of my family that I just had this strong desire. I wish I could have known him because Mm. the little I learned about him and the struggles he went through. And as I began to learn more about him and all my ancestors, I suddenly felt like I come from such strong people. And, you know, of course, I learned a lot about the struggles they went through, Mm -hmm. like a lot of the uh, Ukrainian immigrants that uh, settled in Alberta. But somehow from learning about the struggles, it also made me very aware of their strength and their sense of community and faith. And it emboldened me somehow. And I felt like, you know, I wanted to pay homage to them and to what they had given me and you know, hope maybe other people experience that as well. Mm-hmm. Have you been to Ukraine? Yes, I never had. But after last summer, when I started Hometown Heroes Project, the great thing about it, I met so many people through the project. And one of the people I met, Janice Moore, who's come on board as well with the project as an associate producer, she facilitated a trip to Ukraine together with a friend of hers, Roman in Ukraine. So suddenly I had, you know, I knew I wanted to go to Ukraine at some point, but suddenly I found myself there a month later. And it was incredible to be there. You know, as soon as I got there, I felt an immediate sense of connection to the land and to the people. Yeah. So when we went to Ukraine, uh, we had, uh, through Roman and another woman, uh, Nadia, they helped do some genealogical work. And when we got there, we met with a priest 
in a village where my maternal grandmother, she oh. grew up there. Oh. And my great uncle, Stefan Boysen, the one that the picture uh-huh. inspired me to write this project, he was there. And we had always thought that he had died in Siberia in a prison camp. Uh-huh. But through a letter we found and had translated, we found out he got out of prison and fought and was a commander with UPA, with the partisan army. So that was profound enough. But then when I got to Ukraine, we had this surprise, amazing miracle happen where not only did he get out of the prison fight with UPA, but he actually got married and had a daughter. Oh. And we met her. And so my mom has the first cousin, and uh, it was amazing. It was really incredible. Oh, wow. It is fantastic to go and find family there. And uh, that, yeah. Con- yeah, and that connection with, with the soil, uh, with the land. It's, um, I, I mean, Canada's home. It's, you know, and it's always going to be yeah. home. I was born here. Parents were born here. But something about just getting in touch with your ancestral roots is really special. And I have a feeling, right? I have a feeling that your film is going to do that for a lot of people. Um, so tell us a little bit without giving away, you know, too much. Tell us what this story is about. So it's about a Ukrainian immigrant farmer named Roman. Most of the movie takes place in 1987, mm. Oh, But he fled Ukraine in 1943 as an eight-year-old boy. And... Throughout the film, you discover that something that happens in present-day Alberta triggers his memories and almost sort of forces him to deal with and confront what happened to him as a young boy in Ukraine before he fled there. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to address the struggles and the a lot of the trauma that people faced as they fled Ukraine and came to Alberta. Mm-hmm. But it was really important for me to infuse it with a sense of hope and a sense of, you know, I was struck one time when I was reading about UPA and how one of the things that kept them going was that they felt that they knew that they may not experience all the fruits of their labor. But there's this feeling, this common thread I find with my Ukrainian ancestors and Ukrainian heritage and culture, this idea of making better lives for yourself Mm -hmm. and for your children, for your children's children. And so I wanted that to be sort of a central thematic element in the film. Mm -hmm. I guess that's kind of a long-winded way of telling you a bit about the film, but hopefully not giving too much away. Yeah, it sounds sounds like it's going to be a great film, a great story, and very thought-provoking. Now, UPA is the Ukrainian freedom fighters. They fought the Nazis and the Soviets. How much of that will be in your film to clarify that for, yeah, for viewers yeah well again I without giving too much away but it the film flashes back to 1943 Ukraine mm-hmm. and my great uncle was a commander with UPA but in the film it's Roman the main character it's his uncle who is a fighter with UPA mm-hmm. and there's a I don't want to give anything away, but yeah, definitely yeah. the okay. 1943 flashes back to okay. all the stuff around UPA and the Freedom Fighters. Yeah. And uh, I was really happy to learn about, you know, and there's so much more to learn about UPA because I really, really didn't know much about yeah. their journey. Yeah, yeah. It's a well, it's too well kept secret. So look yeah. for, look forward to that, the flashbacks. But the it's set in 1987, Vegreville. So how it, how different is Vegreville now, where you'll be actually doing the filming from uh, 1987? Are there little pockets still in, in <laughs> from 1987? That yeah. ever- <laughs> yes. Well, that's one of the things I love about Vegreville, and I think why it feels so much like home here, because there are things that it feels like have never changed oh, since, cool. or haven't changed since I was here. Mm-hmm. And I mean that in the best possible way because it just feels like there's something timeless about it and yet something that always connects me to how I felt about Vegreville as a child. Mm-hmm. And uh, we'll have to make a few adjustments, I'm sure, but for the most part, it's going to be a pretty easy uh, read of 1987 mm-hmm. Vegreville. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, just a, a curiosity um, as as a moviegoer, yeah. <laughs> but I'm just having, I'm curious <laughs> about um, cars, for example. Cars, where, yeah. where, do you bring them in from Hollywood, or do you do you scout around car shows and find old vehicles and rent them, or how does that work? <laughs> well, yeah, we'll we'll have to rent vehicles, or uh, sometimes people will loan them out, which is great. Because, you know, the community has been so supportive, which is wonderful. Mm-hmm. I know there are some people, my father has told me about some people who are collectors of cars and people who have offered, you know, oh, I have a great truck from <laughs> 1974 or whatever. And so that's exciting to oh, me cool. because, yeah. No vehicles after eight, 1987 in the movie. <laughs> yeah, oh, that's, that's great. And will the, will the egg be there? The big egg, the giant pesanka? Will it be in the film? You know? I would love to get it in there because, yes, I believe it was, yeah, it was definitely here in 1987. So um, we'll see how that all works out with production design and my team that comes into place. But uh, that would be wonderful. So, so I want people to really know this is Beggarfell. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. I think pretty much everybody knows uh, around the world knows that egg. <laughs> So you're going to be starting filming in August, and uh, when do you think it'll be hitting theaters? Yes, it'll definitely be hitting theaters. We start filming the second week in August, and we've got a 22-day shoot, and then I plan on going right into post-production and editing the film here. Mm -hmm. And we want to start the festival circuit early spring of 2020, we would start the festival circuit and then ideally be in theaters and uh, available to watch as early as the fall. Oh, cool. So you're starting mid-August and what's going on right now? Right now I'm scouting locations. Uh, My producer, Roseanne Milliken, and the executive producers, Sandy and Grant Wild, were in town with me here a couple weekends ago and we were going around looking at locations and I've continued that after they left. And then I started, you know, one of the lead characters actually in the film is an eight-year-old boy. Mm. And uh, I know as in the press release that's been going around that there will be an opportunity to maybe be a background performer. But actually, there may be an opportunity for someone to be a lead in the movie as well. Uh, I've been already sort of scouting and uh, there are a couple of young boys in the Veg- from the Vegreville area. I would love it if they were from Vegreville. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I've been looking into casting and I will be having actually a workshop coming up, a free acting workshop mm. in Vegreville. Okay, great. So if anybody's listening, especially from the Vegreville area, but uh, you probably wouldn't turn away people from other parts of, of, oh, of no, the province. Oh, not at all. Yeah. I, I, as far as people are willing to travel, I'm, and there'll be more information coming out about the actual dates and everything, about the free acting workshop. But yeah, you don't have to have any experience to come to this workshop. If you've got any interest in acting or want to know what it's about or what goes into creating a character for a film, by all means, please come and we'll have fun and you'll get to learn. And, you know, I'm going to do one for kids and then I'm going to do one for adults, too. Oh, great. And then from that, you know, maybe someone will have the opportunity to audition and be in the movie. And so when will this, when and where will this be taking place? We are not officially releasing the dates or anything yet, but that will be coming out soon in an official announcement. But it will be early August, and uh, there'll be lots of information coming out about that soon. Okay, and how can people find it? You can go to theywhosurroundusmovie.com okay. or uh, follow us on Facebook, which is They Who Surround Us Movie on Facebook. Mm-hmm. Find me on Instagram, Troy Ruptash, at Troy Ruptash. Basically, if you Google They Who Surround Us Movie, it'll take you to one of the platforms where you can get all the information, but probably the website would be the best. Okay. TheyWhoSurroundUsMovie.com? Correct. And there's a great trailer if anybody wants to uh, see what you look like. You'll be be acting in the movie, will you? Yes, I'm actually, so I wrote it, I'm directing it, and I'm playing the lead character of Roman. So I'm going to be busy. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, yeah, no kidding. This isn't your first acting gig either. <laughs> no, I've been acting uh, for quite a few years, and I've done a lot of uh, television films and stage in New York and Los Angeles. But this is the first time I'm going to be doing it all in terms of having written the script and directing it and playing the lead. 
Well, we're really looking forward to uh, to seeing the film and the acting workshops. That's a really nice thing to be doing and mutually beneficial, of course, but it's great to bring the community yeah. in. And I guess that's probably part of what this project is all about, is to bring home, uh, yeah. to connect with the roots. And that's always a good thing, I think. Yeah, and I, I want to create community. I want to create connection and I want to create opportunities for people. So I, I just want to stress again, even if you have no experience, go to the website and stay tuned because it's going to be a lot of fun and uh, I would love to have people come out. Thanks so much for uh, for taking time to talk to us and uh, good luck with uh, with the project. And thank you so much for taking the time to speak with me and help me get the word out about the movie because it's a very important project and very dear and near to my heart and so thank you. Oh, you're very welcome. My pleasure and look forward to talking to you again soon. That sounds great. <laughs> While there aren't very many tunes specifically about Vegreville in the Nosholus Music Library, other than the one that you heard before the interview by the Kubasonics, uh, but here's one, an instrumental by a couple of kids from Vegreville who played cymbala really, really well, Jonathan and his sister Diana Locker. Here they are with the Vegreville polka. settled down and our warrior Cossacks look sadly round to see how many brethren they had lost they cry out at the heavy cost it wasn't the first time their swords had clashed and they knew very well wouldn't be the last they pray to God they had a war to win their beloved homeland would rise again this new land. They prayed to God in heaven above, how much more could they withstand? They placed holy crosses into the ground, and soon new strength to go on was found. Their faith had brought them another day. They'd get back on their feet and say, they'd say,
from the time that our bard inspired us to strive for a better fate. It took many years, many sacrifices, many went to heaven's gate. But when the winds of freedom swept across Ukraine in the summer of 91, you could hear generations from the past join together with those of today as one and yell, As I watched my father be laid to rest in this his, but not his land, I looked my boy straight in the eyes, and I'd pray to God he'd understand. I said, this was a faithful son of Ukraine, remember and cherish this bond. And then my son looked at me, and he said with a strength that seemed to come from a world beyond, he said, Shum from Winnipeg from their third CD, Unplugged, and a story of Ukrainian immigration to Canada, Budmo. You've been listening to Nosh Holos Ukrainian Roots Radio, our flagship show in Vancouver, which comes to you Saturdays from 6 to 7 p.m. here on AM 1320 CHMB on the radio dial and online at am1320.com, as well in international syndication on PCJ Radio International. In between broadcasts, please visit us online at www.noshholos.com, where you'll find transcripts and archived audio files, as well as a podcast feed and information about the show. And our proverb of the week translates as to talk nonsense is like sowing water. Well, with that, we've come to the end of our program. So to wrap things up, we have the Canadian Rhythm Masters from Winnipeg with the Great Plains Kolomeka. I'm Pavlina. On behalf of all of us here at Nash Holos and AM 1320, thanks for listening and Dobranich! enjoyed this edition of the show. If you're not yet a Patreon supporter of Nosh Holos, I hope you'll consider becoming one today, with the digital equivalent of a cup of coffee once or twice a month, or maybe even a snack or a meal. There's an option for every budget, and even a dollar a month tells me you value the show and my efforts to produce and bring it to you. Becoming a Patreon supporter will give you the opportunity to provide feedback to help me improve the show, create cool swag to promote it, and swap ideas on how to promote Ukrainian culture in between broadcasts and podcasts. Your contribution will also help to preserve a well-established on-air and online venue of almost 30 years running to continue promoting Ukrainian culture and heritage long after I've retired, which will happen sooner rather than later. Your contribution will help that transition happen, and future generations will be able to enjoy the music and other Nasholos programming that you currently do. To become a Patreon supporter, just go to www.patreon.com and search for Nasholos. That's patron with an E, spelled P-A-T-R-E-O-N. 
or go to www.nashhollis.com and click on the orange Patreon button on any page there. Thank you for listening and for your support. Shterodyakuyu. Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Thank you.